Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, our featured guest is Justin Fatika and Father Peter Cameron. And let me tell you a little bit about both of them. And we're going to get into their faith story. What has God been doing in both of their lives? So first off, we got Justin Fatika. He's been an international itinerant speaker. I had to look up that word, by the way. That just means that he wanders, he travels, he goes wherever God calls him to speak for the last 20 years. Uh, He's spoken in four countries and 44 states. He's a graduate of Seton Hall University with a a bachelor degree, a bachelor of arts in philosophy and elementary education, a master's of arts in education. Justin's been featured on numerous media outlets, including an HBO film about his life and a weekly show on EWTN called You're Amazing. Justin is the author of five books, including two bestsellers, Since the beginning of 2017, Justin has gained over 1 million views on his weekly Facebook Live videos. He's currently serving as the main speaker of Hard as Nails Ministry and as the executive director as well. And he resides in Syracuse, New York with his five children and his beautiful wife, Mary Elizabeth Fatika. So that's Justin, and we're going to go into his story, but let me also introduce Father Peter Cameron. Uh, He is a Dominican priest ordained in 1986. For 16 years, he served as the chairman of the Department of Homiletics at St. Joseph's Seminary, Dunwoody, New York, where he began teaching in 1994. Father Cameron is the author of 10 books. Justin, he beat you. uh, (laughs) That's a good thing. Yeah, the most recent is Made made for Love, Loved by God, 
He is the founder and artistic director of Blackfriars Repertory Theater in New York City. He is also founding editor-in-chief of Magnificat, uh, which is a publication that goes out around the country. I've read through that so many times. It's fantastic. Uh, where he worked from 1998 to 2018, Father Cameron serves as the ecclesial liaison and director of formation for Heart as Nails Ministry. One thing about Catholic speak is we use words that are tongue twisters. And gosh darn it, that's not easy to read both your bios. So Father Peter Cameron, Justin Fatika, welcome to Broken Catholic. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, Justin, let's start with you. Go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life or your ministry actually know. Well, number one is that the only reason that I'm here right now uh, on this podcast right now is because of my family. You know, like my family is what supercharges me. You know, that vocation. I know you're getting married soon, you know, just in a few months, you know, in a month and a half. And, and my marriage, my wife, if you met my wife, you'd be surprised. You meet me, you're like, oh, my God, who's he married to? Some wild Italian chick or something. But let me tell you something. My wife. It supercharged me to help me understand that my dignity is important, that, that, I, that I matter, not because of what I do, but because who I am as a husband and who I am as a father. And she believes in me. And with all the work that we do, I, I just want to know a lot of people don't know that my strength comes from that. And like mm. all the speaking I do, everything I do, like the passion that I have is because I want a better world for my kids. And I learned that in my own life because when I was, in the third grade, it started when I was in the third grade, I was told by a little teacher, Mrs. Palmer, and she looked at me, she says, you're either going to ruin this world or you're going to make the biggest impact on this world. I was just looking for a lollipop, you know what I mean? I was, I, you know. And what they also didn't know is that I went through so many temptations very early on, very early on. Actually, when I was in the seventh grade, I had to go to a counselor. He was awesome. Because uh, they didn't know, like, are we going to be able to control this kid? You know, are we going to be able to, you know, calm him down, calm him down, calm him down? And uh, I'm wondering the same thing right now as you, you as my guest. I'm going to bring the fire and the passion regardless. Bring the fire. Bring the fire. Let me pause you right there. All right. Uh, so, Father Peter, same exact question. Something uh, personal about you that very few people in your ministry actually know. That every day when I wake up, I have to beg to be faithful to living my faith. That it's, you know, it's not a done deal. You can't take it for granted that, um, you know, the, the gifts that, that God gives through his son are, um, they're really just that. And that if I don't pay attention and really devote myself, that, uh, you know, I can slip away and become lax and stop caring. So every day is a struggle to stay strong in the faith. All right. So, Father, let's start with you because I really want to continue um, before Justin jumps in because he's a speaker. He's a professional speaker. And I know once we get him going again, it's going to be hard for me to pause him. So I am going to ask you to share a little bit about your backstory um, and just take us through the walk. Right. Like where did your faith really start? Were you raised with faith? What denomination? Um, and then at what point did you truly experience God in your life, like in a real intangible way? Not just uh, you knew about God, but now you knew him, like in your heart. So take us there real quickly, would you? Yeah, I was brought up in a Catholic household, and my 
my parents were both good Catholics. We went to mass every Sunday. But then my dad, when uh, I was in fourth grade, uh, became sick. He, uh, through a misdiagnosis, his, his kidneys were damaged through high blood pressure. Mm. So it was a, a time of strife, really, for the family. But there were many graces because my dad became even more convicted about his faith. And so he began to follow the charismatic renewal. And he brought most of my brothers and sisters, there were seven of us into that and that was a powerful experience of, of god and uh that was very formative but i struggled as i, I always say i was a, a total failure as a teenager because all of the things that you know happened to teenagers basically happened to me and uh, mm. i had very poor self-esteem and all kinds of things like that so it really was not until um I guess I was in college. I was, I was doing a junior year abroad and I met a, a fantastic Dominican priest who really paid attention to me like a father. My own father had died um, uh, when I was a senior in college. So this guy, this priest was really a very strong force in my life and introduced me to some spiritual writers who um, just really, it was a breakthrough for me because I just wasn't too thrilled with what I was hearing in terms of preaching. And thought there has to be more to the faith than this. There has to be something that mm. really grabs me in my soul. And so this priest introduced me to that. And then um, as I progressed in my faith, and I was always thinking about being a priest, but I really wanted to be a Dominican priest, he helped me to unearth some sins that I had never confessed. It's never really... Uh, sorry about enough and uh, that was really sort of that's that's where I would chart my conversion is really from that that moment in time so uh, yeah I, I entered the Dominican order after I got out of college and I've been a priest for 33 years wow very cool so do you think that's what was missing um, back then as far as from knowing about God to truly experiencing him, like you said, grabbing on your soul. Like what was that specific thing that was missing in your life that once you got it, all of a sudden gave you that access? Well, I really think it is, Joseph, what you're doing through this uh, beautiful media outlet. It's, it's really focusing on brokenness and vulnerability and recognizing that this is not in this is not a roadblock to God loving you, but it's, it's the way in. And so, I mean, I'm not blaming anyone, but I had terrible catechesis and I didn't, and there was really nobody to, to, to say, okay, you're a kid with bad self-esteem and you know, you're sort of on the fringes and uh, you're not you know, one of the popular kids or whatever it might be. There was, there was nobody to say all of that doesn't matter because uh, you know, the, the fact of your own struggles and your own vulnerability and your own weakness, this is all great grist for becoming a, a, a happy, very holy human being. So that just wasn't done in those days, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think that that was really, really critical that, um, you know, that was sort of lacking, but nowadays, thanks to ministries like Heart as Nails, 
um, it's something that we're capitalizing on. I mean, the person who really turned me around was Teresa Lisieur, her writings, you know, because her whole thing is, yeah, I see myself as imperfect, and every day I see more imperfections in, in me, and um, that's not going to mess me up. I realize that that is the method that God is using to bring me to quote-unquote perfection, which is not really what I have in my own brain, but it's, it's something that God has in store for me, and I just have to surrender to it. I really get that. And then what I'm hearing you say, Father, is that back then when you were a young man searching, what was missing is you didn't have a guy like Justin Fatika speaking God's truth and love into you in a powerful way that grabbed on your soul. You're absolutely right. I mean, I would, we, you know that there are lay missionaries, 18 to 25, that work with the Hard as Nails ministry right at the core of it. So they accompany Justin all over the United States. But mm -hmm. I always say, if if I had a chance, like as they have a chance to, to be a missionary when I was between ages of eight and 25, I definitely would have done. It would have been very difficult for me, but it would have been exactly what I needed to uh, really say no to the lies and to say yes, yes to God. So yes, Justin and his ministry is absolutely critical to what the church needs today, especially in the United States of America. Yeah, I really get that. And before we jump over to Justin, and Justin, you do an amazing job of just holding your seat there, man. <laughs> I know you want to be on stage, I baby. I don't care about others more than what I want to say. No, no, it's beautiful. So, Father, let me ask you this question. What specifically about Justin's ministry or Justin the man really did you connect with and say, you know what, I want to um, really uh, be the backbone or support or bring my God-given talents and ministry uh, into what Justin is doing and really cross-pollinate um, and, and walk together in this walk, this journey with God? It's very simple. Justin recognizes the value and the, the power of suffering. Most people are afraid of it. Most people flee from it. Most people try to exterminate it or to sanitize it. Justin goes right at it and says, no, this is a gift that you've been given. And he actually moves people to the point that not only do they recognize that their suffering is not a curse or a scourge or a punishment or some sort of pestilence, but rather it's a gift that has been given to them by God that has a purpose so not only do they see the value of it, but they leave many events absolutely grateful for their suffering. We have one young woman, a missionary, when she was young, she had cancer of the eye. She had 26 surgeries. And she says publicly in her witness, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing because she sees how valuable her suffering has been to put her right in front of Jesus Christ, loving him in a, in a rock solid relationship of, of friendship. So um, there aren't too many people that really have that kind of insight to suffering, or if they do have it, they kind of dance around it, or I don't know, they, they kind of new age it. And uh, so that's, that was the clincher for me, because if somebody can be that real about suffering, then um, everything else, that, that's, that's, that's the key issue. That's the key issue. So if somebody can be that certain, that convicted about suffering and is not unafraid of being with suffering people and walking with them and helping them, then this is the core of Christianity. And that's what made me say yes to Justin. I, wow. 
To me, that's so powerful um, when you said uh, some of us, we sanitize suffering. And it's in complete conflict with the cross of Jesus Christ, his entire life. You know, it was he came to suffer to show his love for humanity, yet we're not willing to suffer back for him or for others in our life. And we run from that suffering, right? And I think you just said it very well. Most people resist suffering, but suffering is a gift from God. How do we make that switch, in your opinion? Um, Like that girl that you mentioned with her suffering, what specifically landed for her in that talk, in that presentation where she made the switch and now saw her suffering as a gift from God? And I ask this because my listeners, they're suffering. You know this. People are suffering everywhere. I walk into a coffee shop. I know that 99% of the people sitting around me are going through quiet suffering. So how did she make that switch? What specifically was that thing? Here's the story that for me is just uh, the the hinge. And it's it's a simple story, but I can never forget it. I used so I did my studies in Washington, DC, across the street from Catholic University. So we had to cross Michigan Avenue several times a day. It was four lanes of traffic, and we were lazy. We wouldn't walk down to the intersection. We would jaywalk. So one day, a student was doing that, and he got hit by a car. Mm. It wasn't horrible, but he was lying on the road waiting for the ambulance to come. And there was a crowd gathered around him. And the young man, who was in terrible pain and needed medical aid, said to the crowd, would somebody please hold my hand? And that just rips my heart out because it's like he was bleeding. He needed a doctor, but he, what he needed first and foremost was somebody just to be with him in his suffering, just the physical touch of somebody holding his hand. And for me, one of the most brilliant things ever written about suffering was by the Catholic author uh, of the 20th century, whose name is Paul Claudel. He said, nowhere did Jesus ever say that he came to take away suffering or even to explain it away. He came to fill it with his presence. Mm. And this is the critical thing. So, yes, suffering is part of life. Catherine of Siena, God reveals to Catherine of Siena, suffering and sorrow increase in proportion to love. So if you have love in your life, and if you're a person who is loving, you better get ready because there's <laughs> going to be a lot of suffering and a lot of sorrow because it's just part of it, you know? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember talking to a young man who had a, had a, just had a child, a son, and he said it was great, but it's also, it was terrifying for him because now there was the suffering of, I have to take care of this human being. I'm responsible mm. for him. He went to bed at night worrying about this. So, but it, you can't, there's no way that you can extract that from love because it ceases to be love, you know? And, and, and I, I remember also, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, before he was Pope Benedict XVI, he was, he was using an example from the Nazi prison camps, concentration camps of World War II. He said, it's the people that stand on the outside who look at that horror and say, we'll see if there's, if there's suffering like that, there's no God. Mm-hmm. But he says, the people on the inside, that's not what they say. They say, there is a God, and this suffering proves it to me. And now my question is, where is he? Because I need to find him. Because my suffering shows me that that's the meaning of my life, is to be in touch with me. So this is the key, is, is, yeah, we can't eradicate suffering. And people that think they can are deluded. So we want to be there, and we want to fill their suffering with the presence. Because when 
when you're accompanied, even though you're going through agony and misery, it's not as difficult. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And I think that's a great segue over to Justin. So Justin Fatika, we could pick up with your story or you could pick up right into suffering if that's on your heart right now. What's showing up for you? I just think what Father's saying, like it's, you know, it's, it's so great to have him with me because I think the greatest gift is why there's so much suffering within church, within business, within people's lives, and they don't see the beauty in it because they focus on the hurt. They don't focus on the result of the love because of it. And I look at Father Peter and I, this is great suffering for Father coming here and working with me, though he'll say it's so great, it's such a blessing. And vice versa. I'm dealing with somebody when I say something, now he wants to ask me 44 questions. Yes, about like, so why did you say that? What did you mean by that? Right? Where I want to just go, hey, let's bring the message and let's talk. Now I got missionaries telling me, concretely tell me what you're saying to me, just I know they're getting that from their formation with Father. They wouldn't have done that last year. <laughs> but within the suffering of de even dealing with people within your business or organization, like that's what breeds the most fruit. Those who sow in tears reap in joy. I've cried more because of my relationship with my wife than every other person on earth. But guess what? I have the most joy with my wife. I've cried the most because of my kids and because of my nervousness, because of what I'm afraid of, because of how they maybe treated somebody or treated their brothers and sisters or, 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 or treated themselves, whatever. But those tears, they bring me the most joy. And I think that's what Father's saying, Joseph, that we want to eradicate the great gift, but yet it is the, the, if we look at the results of it, I always ask them, I go through all these different examples. Okay, farmers, do they suffer? Who suffers more? You eating the veggies or the farmer? Yeah, the farmer, big time. Farmer. He's got to do the work. <laughs> of course. But we don't want to like, or we want him to be on the, in the field at 4 a.m. every day. And we better get it in Wegmans and in ShopRite. And we, we better have all our veggies. But guess what? That suffering is why we have those veggies like this, like that, like this, like that. And it goes through anybody, a housewife, uh, you know, somebody who's doing the finances in a company. That's a lot of suffering. QuickBooks every day, say, falling through on detail, 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 detail. But all of this brings joy. Look at anything. And St. Gemma says, first, we must learn to suffer to go after what Father's saying then we can learn to love. St. Jeffrey doesn't say, oh, okay, you know, love, you're going to learn it through suffering. No, no, it says, first you must learn to suffer. Why are you the real deal, Joseph Warren Dunn? The reason you're here on this podcast right now, Broken Catholic Podcast, is because of your suffering. And that's what got me started in all of this. A lot of people think my conversion story, you can read about that and what have you. But that's not the real suffering I, I went through. The real suffering, the, the thing that people miss about my story is the real suffering was when I was 25, 26, 27, when HBO started following me and stuff, that whole experience. 
And before that, before they even started following me, why I'm so impassioned about this message is because I grew up with a mom. I grew up with a dad. I'm an Italian kid, a lot of family in our town. When I go to my town, I'm like a hero. Like other places, not so, right? But in my hometown where I grew up, I'll be in line at like Pilot or at Country Fair. You probably don't know what those are, but like just like a, a gas station. And people will hand me a donation because they believe so much in what we're doing. It's happened to me five, six, seven times random. Oh, what you're doing, Just Fatigue, is so important. I had all this love in my life, such a good family. And then I started bringing the gospel and being this itinerant, as you said, preacher, really at this time in my life, just myself, picking people up to travel me randomly, whether somebody from McDonald's or somebody from the school I taught at. And all of a sudden I meet a kid. I never knew what cutting was. Mm. I really did, I swear. So all of a sudden I'm at an event and some kid opens their arm. Now this isn't, you know, 2003, 2004, 2005, before anyone was even really hyper-focused on these things like they are now with all the psychology and all. What do you mean you cut yourself? And then I'm going to my hotel room or the host family I'm staying and just crying like, how could somebody cut themselves? Like, I don't get it. And then I'd go to the next event, right? And this is by myself with maybe a couple random people that would travel with me. And then the next kid, I was raped. What do you mean you were raped? What happened? But I was a kid from PA growing up, like a mom and dad. What do you mean? Wait, wait, you were raped? I thought it was only on TV. And then it wasn't one kid, but it's 10 kids, 20 kids. I was raped. I, I became impassioned. I mean, it was... It was past passion. I mean, I was like through the roof. I, I, I just, it, I was like, this is wrong. Like what's going on? It's not right. And so then I go to the next town, right? And then all of a sudden I go, um, first time I ever did this. I was in Vermont. I said, uh, how many of you ever want to end your life? Come forward. And all of a sudden, like, I thought like nobody come or whatever, or maybe one or two and we'd love on it. Oh, so there's 10, 15 adults coming up. Then there's 20, 30 kids. I went to my hotel room for this year, two years, three years. I was a mess. But something was brewing inside of me saying, we got to do something. And any listeners out there listening right now, I, I say, like, I have not done anything perfect in, in the, the mission that God's given me. And I will never, ever tell anybody I have. Every day I go to bed going, man, I probably said that wrong or probably did that wrong. But I always tell people, we got to do something. And that's all this has been. I just want to do something. And, and, um, uh, I can tell you, it's what my journal says. I've been rereading my journals recently from 1998, from when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ. And they kept saying something in there that I never can forget. And I kept writing to God, Lord, I do not deserve this gift of love. I do not deserve this. This isn't mine. And if you're listening out there and you've had God love you uh, a millimeter of love, or you've allowed God love you uh, 
10 centimeters of love, or, or maybe you've let them love you whatever a full meter of love is, or, or you've let them love you a full 100 yards, a full touchdown of love, right? If you're out there and you have a little bit of love to give, please, don't waste, give it. And that love probably came because you experienced suffering. So I can't say that my passion for this message has come from the suffering that I've been through personally. I wish I could say that, you know, because they're my heroes. But it came from me not deserving the love I've been given, and I, I, I have to do something about it. And that's where this whole mission, Heart as Nails, to reach the hardest of hearts, came from. Let me ask you this, Justin. Well, first off, it reminds me of another guest that says, do something more than nothing. Do something more than nothing. And I've always liked that. It's like, yeah. that's so simple. So how much should I do? Just do something more than nothing. Yeah. That's your answer. Um, so let me ask you this. Why do you think that 90-something percent of people are struggling um, to find their identity, their purpose, um, their meaning in this life that leads to a lot of these choices like cutting and wanting to end their life? Why do you think 90% of people are struggling? Because I think like what Father was getting at, hunching out, by that person that said, hold my hand, you know? That's why Father's here. Him and I hold each other's hands like in faith every day and say we're here for one another. Hey, I have your back, I care for you, even though we're different, even though you're unique and I'm unique in my way. I think people need at wherever you're going at <clears throat> picking up a bite to eat at lunch, they need somebody there for them and they need somebody to walk with them. They need someone that's going to say, hey, I got your back from hell and back again. You know, uh, missionaries come here and sadly enough, because it's community, I have to sometimes ask a few of them to leave because they're not following certain things. But before I ask them to leave, I always sit them down. I cry with them. And I say, look, I want to tell you something. You call me, I'll call you back. And they always look at me because they made a big mistake or maybe they did something they shouldn't have. And they're like, really? I said, my son's watching me. And when he makes a mistake, and when he does wrong, or maybe he feels ashamed, or he feels like I'm not good enough, I want to do what God the Father does. I want him to say, do you still talk to that guy that you sent home? I would say, of course I do. Because you know what? No mistake is greater than my love for them. No mistake is greater than how much I care. And I think people need that kind of person in their life that no mess up, no mistake, no attitude problem is greater than their love for them. And I think that's what people need. They need people to walk with them. And that's why we set up these things called passion groups. We have, we've built over 20 of them all across the nation in like seven states just in one year where young people and adults, there's adult passion groups and young people where they meet every week and say, what are you going through? Mm. And we don't want more than 10 people in the group because we want it to be intimate. Like these are the people you're committing yourself to, you know? And then they say, what are you thankful for? Because I want to rejoice with what you're rejoicing. And they say, what do you need prayers for? And they meet and then they share a Bible reflection for the gospel of the upcoming Sunday. And then they, they go out and hang out or they go in, into their jobs or work. So, you know, I think people need people's, as Father's saying so beautifully, people's presence. It's all about presence. 
The greatest present you can give someone is their presence. I get that. I really get that. So what specifically, my listener, they're somewhere in another country right now. What do they do if they don't have that person in their life that you're talking about to walk through the faith journey with them? What do they do? What, what could be a next step? Very practical. Well, right now they need to bow their head and say, Lord, Father, I know you're out there. I might have not trusted you until today, but they're going to bow their head and say, God, the Father, I, I need you. Please send me presence in my life. Send me someone. Send me that present. Send me that one person that can walk with me. That's number one. They need to bow their head and sincerely with all their heart, soul, mind, strength. And then they need to start looking for that presence. Number two, they need to get a Bible. And if they need a free Bible, they can you know, call our office. And as you know, we, we hand out tens of thousands of Bibles for free. They need that presence to be the word of God and that they read for five minutes a day. Just start with that and underline one Bible verse that can be that presence that can accompany them in their life. And then they need to also find a community of like-minded people at a church, find a community of like-minded people at a group, an AA group, uh, whatever it may be to say, hey, I need that. But those three things, prayer, and Father, I'm sure I have a few, uh, prayer, one, two, <clears throat> the word, Word of God, and three, a community. Those are the three things you need to survive in, in your journey of life. Father, anything? And it's hard to find a community of people. So the first thing they have to do in order to make that happen is go and find someone in need and help them. Yes. Because, you know, if somebody is saying they're lonely and they don't feel the love of God, it's because they're not engaged in the act of loving. So when I reach out and I love somebody, as St. Paul says, when I help carry one another's burdens and I bear those burdens, then this, uh, this new space is created in my heart, which is not filled with self-pity anymore because I realize, okay, I'm going through hard things, but look at this person who is sick or this person who is poor or this person who needs some mentoring, whatever it might be, and suddenly... I don't feel my burden so much anymore. And the love that I'm giving to the other person becomes a conduit for receiving the love of God back to me. But love is a dynamic. So unless I'm actively loving, there's no way for that love to come in. You know, I, I, I love plants. And so I just planted some bulbs that I had never planted before. <laughs> and it says, before you plant them, you have to actually cut the roots by about an inch. It's like, really? The roots are the whole life. But it's like, no, you cut them a little bit because that's what jump starts the life. And the same is true in us too. So here we are dangling with all of our lonely, lonely roots. And we think, but you know, if we cut them a little bit, it's like, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Well, this is, you know, and when, when, when the, the vine grower, when he, when he does that, uh, the dressing and he, and he, and he, and he really strips those branches they look dead. They look dead. Mm. You know, all you have to do is drive by a vineyard or something and you see it, but it's from that that the greatest growth comes. So if I want to feel God's love, I have to be someone who's actively giving love. And believe me, there's no short of a people who, as you say, everyone's suffering. Justin cracks me up because he'll walk up to a perfect stranger and he'll say, I'm sorry about your dad. And without fail, the person responds, 
how did you know? You know, how did you know? Well, let me speak to that because Justin, I met you at the conference here in Tampa, Florida, men's conference, and you looked me in the eye and you did that. You pulled that on me, right? And you, 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 <laughs> you changed it a little bit, right? You customized it for Joseph. Thanks so much. You said, you said, Joseph, I'm really sorry. And I was like, about what? And he said, I'm sorry about all the rejection you've had to deal with. And I was like, how'd you know? And you really gave me a new perspective on, you challenged me in that moment and you said, Joseph, you got to love rejection. You got, how's my impersonation? Am I doing all right? I like that. You got to fly out state. Never reached out me to fly out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to love rejection, Joseph. You got to love it. And I was like, love it. I'm barely surviving it, you know? And and that was just a new perspective. You opened my mind and you're like, no, that's the gospel. You got to love the suffering. You got to love the pain. And I've really been taking that on in my life and, and saying, God, I don't have that. I don't have that space in my heart, like Father just said, to love rejection, to love suffering. So if you want that in me, you got to create that in me. Right. And that was my prayer. And, and I guess he's been doing it with all the suffering and rejection that's been showing up in my life lately and persecution. But that's, you know, so I just want to thank you and acknowledge you publicly, you know, in front of all the listeners in over 50 countries for you speaking God's truth and love into my life. And that's what it looks like. And I think that's what Father's saying here as well is BC Nation, Broker Catholic Nation, go find a person in your life to speak God's love and truth into them. And if you're going through your own suffering and your own depression, like fear can't exist where love is. They can't exist together. So if you go and love, pour some love into somebody else, your fears, your anxieties, your stresses, they all dissipate. They disappear in those moments. So I think it's a beautiful message. So we're speaking with Justin Fatika and Father Peter Cameron. You can find them at rememberyouramazing.com. Rememberyouramazing.com. Justin, before we go into my favorite part of the show, uh, tell us uh, really briefly about your book, You're Amazing, and why my listeners should go get a copy right now. Well, You're Amazing is like where a lot of people think they're amazing because, you know, maybe they have some skill set or because or maybe they've made a certain amount of money or maybe they think they're amazing because of, uh, you know, what they've accomplished. But the You're Amazing message is what makes us amazing is who we are and what circumstances we go through that can benefit others like father's talking about and it's 40 basically 40 small chapters it's through dynamic catholic and it's 40 small chapters three to five pages that cajole you with very simple messages that cajole you and encourage you and challenge you to basically Get the tools in your life to be able to take the rejections, to be able to take the problems in your life and make them into opportunities, make them into hope, make them not, not taking your problems and, and being afraid, but say, let me take my problems and make them the, your amazing message. Basically going out and taking my weaknesses and going out and taking those and sharing them with the world to say, you know what, you're amazing too. Why is that? Well, my life sucked. My life felt like this. My life was hurting. Now, 
we can help one another. So it's exactly what we're talking about on this podcast. So everyone should get your amazing, uh, the, your amazing book. And it's a very simple book. And you got 40 different action plans. When you were saying what to do, what you got to do is get the book because it's going to give you 40 days of things to do that will really help you. And the first step is to get naked. All right. Not like a marriage, like you're going to get naked pretty soon. Calm yourself. But to get naked in the first step, you know, and the, your amazing message is to share your wounds and find a mentor or a spiritual director to share those wounds with that can guide you. Everybody listening here today should be finding somebody to guide them and mentor them, a mentor or a spiritual director. So BC Nation, if you don't know who that person is, do what Justin and Father are saying. Ask God to send you that person in your life. God never will trump your free will. He's waiting for you to give him permission to give you the very thing he's been waiting to give you. So his presence, and sometimes that looks like his presence shows up through the presence of another person. All right, so let's jump into my favorite part of the show. Gentlemen, welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? No. <laughs> I'm ready. Father's not. Uh-oh, God help us. Father's like, okay, here's a lay person about to do confession. No, that's not what we're doing. It's just a confession round. All right. So, Father, we're going to start with you, and then, Justin, we're going to segue over to you. So, Father, what's your favorite thing about God? That he's a father. What's your least favorite thing about God? That um, I can't see him and uh, take him out to lunch. <laughs> Got it. What are you most afraid of? My sins. Mm. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? I can't say it out loud. <laughs> Use your imagination was father's answer. What secret fear do you have about people? That um, they uh, will not believe that love is enough. Mm. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Uh, that he really, his forgiveness really changes you. Yeah. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, to be totally other directed always. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, procrastination. Hmm. <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. Mm, child of God. Well done. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in a real way. S-O-B. Justin's like, I concur. No. And last question, Father. If you, if you could come back to life after you died, Look your family and friends in the eye, even Justin, and give them only one piece of advice. What would you say to them? Uh, love till it hurts. Love until it hurts. Perfect segue for this show is about suffering. All right, Justin, you're up. You're welcome. You ready for your confession round? Yeah, we have different questions in the same ones. Same questions, but oh, I'm not going to ask you to memorize. Father, off my father you did too well. I, father did. Words. Listen, father was flawless in his questions. I, so, I got to steal a couple. Of I stole them from Justin. So, so this is where the biblical quote, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so Justin, what's your favorite thing about God? His faithfulness. What's your least favorite thing about God? He's in control. (laughs) I get that. What are you most afraid of? My kid's dying before me. Mm. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Talking. Yeah. What (laughs) What secret fear do you have about people? They'll leave me. Yeah, that's real. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That everything's going to be okay. What's a new habit that you want to form? Sit with that. Listening. Listening. Everything's going to be okay, Justin. (laughs) What's a bad habit that you want to break? I'm gonna play the Jeopardy music in a second. All right, I, I've got a, what you, I got a plethora of them. Uh, What's the big bad habit that you're resisting that you actually want to break? Come on, we all got one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I got like yeah. three or four. Uh, What's the big one that your wife wants you to break? How's that? My wife wants me to break. Uh, <laughs> I got personal there. Yeah, no, probably you know, trusting too much in my abilities and not in, in God. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Loving with faults. <clears throat> Loving with faults. Yes. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. A jerk face. A jerk face. <laughs> and last question. Second one. I made it two words. <laughs> a jerk face. And last question. Justin, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your children in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Never hold back your love. Mm. Never hold back. Never hold it back. Never hold back your love, BC Nation. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk, BC Nation. Justin? Life's better with God than without. Life's better with God than without. Very simple and very real. All right, BC Nation, do you love listening to this show, Broken Catholic? Do you love the guests that I bring on, like Father Peter Cameron and Justin Fatika? Do you want more guests like them? I want to get Father Larry Richards on this show. Yeah. We're going big time, baby. Right? So if you love listening to the show, share this show with some of your friends. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't yet. Write a five-star review about Justin, about Father Peter what you loved, what they inspired in you, maybe to embrace suffering in your life rather than to keep running from it. It's not going away. It's part of the human condition. Maybe change your perspective and see that it's a gift. Your life could get better, right? 
So Justin and Father Peter, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. May God bless you and love you. Thank you, Joseph, for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show, gentlemen. Keep doing your work. You can find them. Go check out RememberYourAmazing.com. RememberYourAmazing.com. If you're a young person listening to this show, go read about Heart as Nails Ministry. Maybe that's something that's the next chapter of your life. Reach out to Justin. Reach out to Father. Open that door. See what God wants to do there. If you're looking for meaning and purpose and there's a big chasm of emptiness in your heart right now, reach out to them. See what God does. You never know. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things. You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.